Kiss My Girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. A look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Good morning, Queens, and good morning, Constance. How are you this morning? I'm beautiful. How are you, Annalise? I am fantastic. Now, Constance is someone you might have seen popping up in your Facebook feed. She's a blogger. She's a writer. She's got over a million people following her on Facebook. Um, I'm Annalise. We've been best mates since we were five, and I'm starting to think that Twitter might not be my platform, Con. (laughs) (sighs) I've only had one uh, more follower, so I'm up to 30 this oh. week, but anyway. Who, who even understands Twitter? I don't even understand. I've tried so many times, but I can't I'm trying to. Anyway, we are so excited. We have a cracker of a show for you this morning. My husband's coming on. He's going to make his cameo on the Queen Sesh for Clarence. Um, <laughs> we're also going to explore the controversial topic of gender disappointment. And back by popular demand, we're going to reach into the depths of our glory bowl and we're also going to chat to a friend of the Queen Sesh who's recently transitioned from female to male and we want to lift the stigma on non-gender conforming. This is the Queen Sesh. The most ridiculous thing to come out of this week would have to be people and I can't even I can't even say fat shame and Lady Gaga in the same sentence because it's ridiculous but she did she got fat shamed for her halftime Super Bowl performance because it seems she like had, every week someone's being fat shamed have you no, noticed that I know but she literally had like a, a tiny wrinkle of skin coming over a bikini bottom I, I'm just absolutely so look I've got some of the tweets here uh, the fat lady sang and her name was hashtag Lady Gaga hashtag Super Bowl yeah <laughs> Seriously, um, hashtag Gaga Bowl, hashtag fat. She looked like a hashtag sumo wrestler in the diapers she wore last night. Bad call, but her performance was excellent. Hey, you really, you saved it in the end there. Well done. Hey, Tuesday. All of Lady Gaga's female dancers were fat. Pretty sure it's to make her look thinner. Hashtag can't hide fat. Okay. Come on, guys. Like this is, this is seriously delusional. I mean, even if she was large, why Did would it be okay to say any of that? She was. Oh, she. Hot the things she AF. was doing. I honestly needed a protein shake after sitting on the couch watching her do them. I was oh. just so. Oh my god. She's I mean, amazing. she's gaga. For God's yeah, she's sake. amazing. I can't I even lift myself up the stairs, and she was doing twirls, and I was really jealous. I was like, Lady Gaga, you're amazing. And the fact that she's not like stick thin was just to me. It's just music to my eyes. You know, I'm just know. sitting there going, Oh my god, kids, watch this beautiful woman shake that beautiful body around the stage I love you Lady Gaga she's amazing well you know what she had a a perfect response on her Instagram she posted a picture herself in all her glory and she captioned I heard my body is a topic of conversation so I wanted to say I'm proud of my body and you should be proud of yours too no matter who you are or what you do I could give you a million reasons why you don't need to cater to anyone or anything to succeed be you and be relentlessly you that's the stuff of champions thank you so much everyone for supporting me I love you guys XOXO Gaga Gaga wins oh (laughs) Gaga for the win. Stick around. We have another thing that happened uh, that had people whinging from the Super Bowl to talk about next. We are Sar Sporty Con. I think we should rename the show. <laughs> the Sports Sesh the with sports Constance Hall and Annalise. <laughs> the, 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 the Queen.
Queen Sesh. Another thing, Con, that came out of the Super Bowl this week that really bugged us. So it was the criticism directed at Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, he's a quarterback for the Patriots uh, and they won the Super Bowl this week. He's 39, he's a dad of three and he's for everyone. Delish, delish. Actually, Con, I don't think you would find him that. <laughs> I was very thinking, I don't know what a quarterback is and I don't know who the Patriots <laughs> are, but I'm down with this guy anyway. Yeah. So anyway, so after the game, he was celebrating with all his family and it was beautiful because, you know, it's a big deal, the Super Bowl. It's a massive deal over there. He was hugging and kissing his family and a, a photo came out and got published and we've put it up now on our socials at the Queen Sesh and it was of him kissing his dad on the lips. You know, he's a 39-year-old bloke and his proud papa giving him a smacko on the lips. How divine. I mean, all the feels, Tom. I know, and I know. For his that's dad, heavenly that they've kept that bond all that time as well. I know. But, of course, the internet didn't like it. No, no, no. no. The internet doesn't like anything. No, it's gross. It's gross to kiss your, your father on the mouth, apparently, if you're a man or anyone, really. And oh, I'm, Do you I'm kiss really... your dad on the lips, Anne? I think I do. Look, I, my dad lives on the other side of the country, so I don't see him often. I'm pretty sure I do. And I would hope, you know, that my sons kiss their dad on the lips forever, ideally. Mm. I mean, what a beautiful, it's, it's an expression of love. Yeah, there is absolutely. nothing weird or bizarre about it. And you, I, you don't get away with kissing that many people on the lips anymore. So no. you may as well just do it to your folks because you can, you know. Like I'd kiss everyone on the lips if I could, but I can't. No one's taking it. Yeah. But, you know, mm. the thing that other bugs me, even like celebrities when they post pics of them kissing their five-year-olds posh or their six-year-olds. Posh yeah, Spice posh got spice. in trouble for it. They're, your parents are the one people that you're never gross to, you know. <laughs> like know. my kids can have ice cream and spit and dirt and spew and I'm still like, oh, come here, you glorious thing. And it's exactly. so annoying that they're trying to take that away from kids and parents. Bizarre. I agree. It's a bizarre place. Relax, people. Affection between parents and their offspring, no matter what age, is a good thing. This is the Queen Sesh. Last week, Con, we were talking about tips to look after your relationship in 2017. And so many great comments came through on the socials and we loved reading them all. It was awesome. And someone actually commented and let us know that we should get to know the five languages of love. And we've had a bit of an, an explore. So it's based on the New York bestselling book by Gary Chapman. Which I bought. Now, yes. And I absolutely loved it. And what I love is, you know, he was a relationship Did you read it? I didn't counselor. know you read it. Yeah, I did. Oh, awesome. But what's great is he was a relationship counsellor for 30 years. So can you imagine what he's seen and what he's been through? He would pretty much have everything down pat. So the whole book is set on the premise that we all have primary emotional love languages. And we all have, and it's called a love tank, which I think is kind of cute. Um, and when we receive love in our primary love language, our tank gets full and we feel loved. Um, but we, when we don't receive love expressed in our primary love language, our tank depletes and we feel unloved. And then eventually, if the love tank's empty, then the relationship tanks. Can I just add, this is not just about men and women. This is all women and women and men and men in a relationship. This is about like kids as well and the way that uh, and the way that they feel love and they have love tanks. And I thought that was really sweet when I was reading some of his examples about kids and how they might act out because their love tanks aren't full even though we're pumping as much love into them but where yeah. they're just not receiving it. And, and you can apply it to work colleagues, Friendships and everything. Obviously, have I filled your love tank lately, Annalise? <laughs> Every single day, Con. <laughs> 
So I'll sort of give you an exact summary of the five key languages. So number one, words of affirmation. So these are, you know, your unsolicited compliments. When someone says, I love you, and not only just that, but the reasons behind that love. And if you don't receive those, or if, even if someone insults you, they can, you know, that can break your heart. That can just, you know, leave lasting scars and, and build resentment. The second one, quality time. So these people who deeply value doing things together and just, you know, that undivided attention. So not just sitting in a room, scrolling on, on different screens, but it's really that quality conversations or activities and the next one, we've got receiving gifts. So it's not, su- you know, not just diamonds and, you know, flowers and those sorts of things, but also thoughtful gifts. So gifts that, you know, someone's really put some time into it and, and thought of you and they really feel like gifts are a, a visual symbol of love. Uh, the next one, acts of service. So this is when your partner prioritises helping around the house. So it could be the Hanging dishes. a painting. Oh, taking out the rubbish <laughs> or putting a load of washing on. Oh, I'm getting Changing turned on. Changing the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> um, and any, you know, in this relationship, if that's your key love language, any sort of laziness really sends a message that you don't matter to the other person who, who feels that way. And the last one is physical touch. So if this is your primary love language, you crave not only, obviously, sex, of course, but it's the thoughtful touch. It's the holding hands. This it's is so cuddles, me. You know? I need to be touched all the time. Once I actually <laughs> had sex with my Brazilian salsa teacher who was like a million years older than me just because he was touching me. I can't help it. I need to be touched all the time. I love it. I actually, for you, I thought, yeah, physical touch number one. I reckon you, number two, quality time. Quality time. Yes, I know. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) And also, I'm not into every day. I'm not into every day. I can happily live away from somebody, but I need to know that when our time is together, we're present. No phones, you know? Like, I just want to be the centre of someone's attention for five minutes. And look, I was chatting to my husband, Clarence, and about these languages, and we were both like, yep, I reckon I know your five and the order in which they sit in. And he was like, yep, I reckon I know yours. And so we both did a little quiz online, which we put on our socials at the Queen's session. You can do it with your partner. It's a bit of fun. And we both sent our results to, to Con. And <laughs> the keeper of the results. I, I don't know what Clarence's results were. I don't, and he doesn't know what mine were. When we come back, we are going to get my poor husband on the line, Clarence, and we're going to drill him and he better know what my languages are in the order. <laughs> We were talking about the five love languages from Gary Chapman's best-selling book and how depending on what your primary love language is, it can really affect your relationship and the way that we give and also really importantly, the way that we receive love. And my husband and I did a, a really quick online quiz. And before we did the quiz, we guessed what each other's were going to be. And so Clarence, we've got you on the line. Hello. Hi. All right, honey. So this is what I think your top three would have been. Number one, physical touch, like 100% higher, higher score possible. I reckon you would have been physical touch, then acts of service, and then quality time. I reckon they now, would have I've been got Clarence's three. real answers in front of me, which I find mm. really ironic. I didn't know Clarence was so touchy-feely, but mm. his, fir- his number one wasn't physical touch. It was acts of service. Clarence. Really? Well, I, I mean, what, what can I say? <laughs> I enjoy being looked after. 
<laughs> yeah. And do you know what? That would explain why when I went back to work initially, we had that really rough time because obviously I went from being stay-at-home mum to doing lots and lots of acts of service to not as many. And I reckon that kind of explains that little patch we went through <laughs> to me. Good to know. No, this is good. This His is second <laughs> came to physical touch. And I think that's yeah. beautiful, Clarence, because I think of men as being not so touchy-feely. And I just think I'm really pleased to know that my best friend is going to bed at night with a man who's cuddling her. And his third one is words of affirmation. Can I give you some words of affirmation right now, Clarence? I think you're amazing. Yeah, <laughs> okay, but does that at least give you any? Because as a best friend, she doesn't give many. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if I – see, I, I had words of affirmation lower for you. I'll have to be more complimentary, I think, in future. <laughs> this is all – this is great stuff because this I can work it's with really this. It's really good. Do you feel I like know. your relationship might be stronger now that you know yeah, what in – Yeah, in the three words we've spoken in the last two minutes, I feel closer, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, honey, what do, you, <laughs> what do you think my top three were when, after I did the quiz? So I thought the first one would be words of affirmation. Yep, 100%. Needy, needy, needy. Yep, that's me. Yeah, you got it in one, Clarence. (laughs) Number two, what are you thinking? Acts of service. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you know her. You know, get that chore list out, pick up the vacuum, (laughs) fold that washing. It's on, baby. I'm down, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. Physical touch. Oh, you know her so well. I nailed it. You nailed it. You nailed this. But you know At least failed though? it, you nailed it. <laughs> I actually had physical touch and quality time as equal third, if we're really nitpicking. They have the exact same time. So really, I just need you to tell me that you love me all the time while you're vacuuming, giving me a back rub and taking me out for date night. It's easy. It's very simple <laughs> looking after Annalise's needs. This is the Queen Sesh. This week on, I watched an amazing documentary. It's by Katie Couric. And it's called Gender Revolution. And it really explores that, I guess, why do we feel a particular gender and and asks the question, should our body define us? Because I, I think there's such a stigma around gender identity. So we have invited someone in to chat with us who so bravely wants to share his experience. Uh, his name's Jesse. He's 22 and he's actually my stepbrother. But when I first met him 10 years ago, he was actually my stepsister. So welcome, Jesse. Thank you so welcome, much for Jessie. coming on to the Queen Sesh. Oh, my pleasure. Hello, Queens. How are we? <laughs> Hello, darling. Hello, How are you? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Jesse, the last two years for you, it's been a, a pretty big time. Sort of take us through how it all started and how you sort of got to this place today. Yeah, sure thing. So yeah, it probably was two years I've been doing the whole transition process, but um probably started when I was around 18. That was when I came out. Sorry, when um, you say you came out, did you come out as? As a, as a guy. So um, oh, I'd okay. identified as a lesbian woman before that. I knew I liked right. women. I'm with you. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and that was actually a harder coming out process, trying to say I was a lesbian to my parents than it was saying I was trans. Um, really? Isn't that wow. interesting? Yeah, two coming outs of closets there. That was great. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> But yeah, and uh, all my family was phenomenal, um, made it really easy for me to just say like, hey, let's, let's go for this. What, what do we do now? And straight away we were just, you know, to doctors and I was researching um, just by watching other people's experience on YouTube. 
until eventually it got to the stage where um, it was like, well, now we can have medication and we can actually begin this entire process of of transitioning and, and what that means. Yeah. Can you tell and me, like, how young were you when you first started to feel, have these feelings of identifying as a... Well, the thing was, I didn't have that language when I was growing up. So course, now in yep. retrospect, I could have told you at four, um, if I could have said I wanted to be a boy and I want to be trans and whatever, I would have done that. But growing up in the country and whatever, we just didn't know that this was a thing. So... Um, mm. It wasn't until about 16 or so I was even aware that you could do this. And I had really good parents who allowed me to, you know, explore it and be a tomboy, you know, and be masculine and do all the things I wanted to do. And they just didn't hold me back. So um, I was able to explore it and express it my whole life until it became a, a bigger issue at yeah, about 18. And that that's really so important, isn't it, Jesse? That family support and that family reaction. Because if you look at the stats, you know, Beyond Blue, they mm. say around 60% of transgender males and 50% of transgender females have depression. And up mm. to 40% of transgender people attempt or commit suicide. That's yeah, huge. Yeah, they're insane. They, it's disgusting. Like that, yeah. those statistics should not exist. And what I always found uh, funny was people, you know, have often said, oh, you're very brave and, you know, this is a, a hectic time for you or whatever. And at the same time, it's not. It's more hectic trying to live in that body that wasn't right for me. And I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of everyone. It's a very individualized experience. But at least for me, I had no problem with being trans. There was no depression or anxiety around my identity. That came from society. If I didn't have my parents' support and all my siblings and everybody 100% behind me, I probably would be very depressed and anxious yep. now about being transgender. But that doesn't actually stem from my my gender issues. That stems from how other people react to me. So wow. if you do have that parent support, that family support behind you, you you're already you know, ready to go, really. Nothing else matters after that. You know you've got this huge hill to climb, but it's your mm. hill, so you actually Absolutely. don't mind mm. it. Whereas yeah. when you were climbing someone else's hill, that's when the depression comes in. It's like no one's scared of hard yes. work, but we need to know it's our work that's going to pay off for us eventually, and it looks like it's really paying off for you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I've always mm. been a confident person, and again, I think... I also have to acknowledge that I had some privilege around being a girl that was allowed to be a tomboy. You know, I don't think mm -hmm. there's an mm -hmm. equal representation of that for men. you have a beautiful mum who I've met a few oh, times. Oh, she's, she's incredible. Yeah. She's yeah. the kind of person I just want to like grab and tell all my problems to and get her to make yeah, them. Oh, we do. Oh, we yeah, do. me too. <laughs> <laughs> we all do it. Yeah, it's no lie. Thank you so much for coming on, Jesse, and sharing that because I really think the first step is to remove that stigma and, and get people to understand because people are afraid of what they don't understand and the more yes, people that know and the more people that understand, um, the more chance we have of building that tolerance. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks, babe. And look, if you or anyone you know are struggling, please reach out, ask for help. Organisations like beyondblue.org.au or lifeline.org.au absolutely ask for help if you need it. That's my girl. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls. It's the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise and still to come, we are going to talk slides and high fashion. Con, I really need your advice on this one because it's really irking me. Uh, we're also going to be opening up the very controversial can of worms that is gender disappointment and we're also going to take your calls on that one and up next back by popular demand we go into our very deep glory bowl the, 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 the queen sesh last week con we launched our very first glory bowl so con and i refer to our former life pre-kids pre-husbands as our glory days obviously because they were 
And here in the studio, we've got a bowl and it's filled with topics and memories. And one of us has to pull out a little topic, kind of like a lucky dip, and just tell a story that comes to mind. So, Con, this week it's your turn. What have you got? Awkward sexual experiences. Why am I the one who got this? You had so many more (laughs) awkward sexual experiences than me. I was so good. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Okay, Um, well, yeah, look, a lot of mine come to mind, but let's talk about yours. Actually, I had a, I I was seeing, when I was about 22, I was seeing an 18 year old and he thought that Mm. I was sexually mature vixen that was going to teach him all this stuff. Yeah. Now, I don't teach anyone anything sexually unless they're, (laughs) you know, wanting to know how to pretty much lie down and look at their iPhone. Um, I was, I had a couple of awkward experiences with him. Like I remember the first time we slept together, we were on the beach and he just started singing halfway through it and he was going... Baby, I'm oh, hot just gross. like an oven. No. Oh my god, that became the theme song to every time that I like walked into a pub in Freo. All the guys that worked there used to put it on because I told them all that you know, like that's what happened to me. But one day he said to me, he goes, you know, I'd really like it if you could do me a favour and talk dirty. Oh, I'm gross. not a dirty talker. No, okay? that's random. Annalise, that's embarrassing. You, no. do you know what? You no. would not remember this, but you're the only person that I can go to for sexual advice. Yeah. And I call, I texted you and I said, he wants me to talk dirty. <laughs> and what do I do? <laughs> You've written back and said, just growl at him, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about that every single time anyone talks about <laughs> talking dirty. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. Con, it's safe to say... Pretty much we're in our mid-30s now. So, you know, getting on in the scheme of things. And here at the Hit Network, you know, in the office, you're surrounded by young, chic, you know, high fashion types. <laughs> and I'm not one of those. Um, no. some, da- some days I feel like I etch up there, but not most of the time not quite there. And this lovely chic girl, you know, all of 20, was slopping around in these you know those rubber shoes that are like they've got a rubber sole and like a thick rubber bit of material they're called slides and you know people used to wear them in the 90s and they had like those adidas stripes on them I've actually never seen them before in my life oh anyway so I thought okay that's just that's a bit edgy cool Uh, and then I just kept seeing all these people in the office like popping up in these slides so we pulled in a high fashion expert in the office. You might have heard him on our National Nights show, Ash London Live. We have Draco in the studio. Hey. Welcome, Hi, Draco. Hey, guys. Okay, so why do you wear these hideous shoes? Tell us. <laughs> Firstly, you are misusing the word hideous because they are not. They are hushy. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually wearing today some new ones that just arrived mm. in the mail um, oh God, they on, on Friday. They're Subi. I'm yeah. taking a photo. I used to wear jeans. We'll put these on our so socials. cool. So, uh, they all wear the... slides, I've just oh, realised. Yeah, yes. they're you so would love cool. My husband. <laughs> they're not like cheap, naff, like $2 shop ones. These were $60 from General Pants. Oh, they're yeah, so cool. Right. But I've got, um, some, I've got some Adidas ones that are gold with a black heel. They're Jeremy Scott for Adidas. <laughs> Gross. Had to import those from America. I've got yeah. some white Adidas ones that I got. I've got some black ones. I've got like six pairs. So, is this like an, uh, a step up of thongs? Like. It's the new thong. It's, it's thongs new 2017. Thong. See, I live in thongs. I don't own a pair of shoes. I wear thongs and in winter I wear boots. That's it. I'm well, wearing used... nothing right now, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wear thongs all the time, but the thing pops out from between your feet. These, nothing ever pops out. They're so good. And the best part, mm. in winter, 
You can wear them with socks. No. It's yuck. the new trend. No. You can wear Get them, them in with the socks. No, no. You can wear them no. with high socks. Half My mum does leg. that with thongs. Yeah. She has socks and thongs. Oh, great. No, that's off brand. <laughs> but slides and socks is, it's the new thing. Everyone's going to be wearing it in a couple of months. Okay. Do you know what my, my biggest issue with it is? When I see them, I think of my old Slavic uncle's in the 90s. <laughs> you know, like that, that's what they used to wear. So when I see your slides, I think of my Slavic uncle sliding slopping around. around sliding Your, around. Yeah. <laughs> the Queen Sesh. Gender disappointment has really, I guess, been debated heavily in the last week on socials. I've uh, been seeing lots of comments flying around. And it's because the ABC interviewed a mum of two boys and she's pregnant with her third, who's also a boy, and she shared her struggles with gender disappointment because she wants a daughter. Uh, and she was so scared of backlash that she, you know, was filmed in silhouette. She used a fake name because it's such a touchy subject. And I do get why, particularly if you struggle to conceive or you can't conceive at all. It's, it's viewed as selfish and, you know, absolutely something that's not valid and people need perspective but at the risk of an internet backlash coming at me, I, I can actually relate to this one on some level. Now, I have two glorious sons and I'm not ungrateful to have two healthy children. I love having boys. I love their energy. I love that we are, you know, active out, climbing stuff, running around, flying dragons in the air, building Lego. I love all that stuff and I love having sons. I love how affectionate they are with me and that really special bond that you have with sons is so special. And they, they're the loves of my life. They really are. But when I found out I was pregnant with my second and that he was a boy, I, I cried. I cried for a few days. I and it, it wasn't that I was disappointed I was having another boy because that there's no disappointment when you're having a baby. It's the most amazing thing in the world. But it sort of struck me that it's really unlikely that I will ever get a daughter. And I guess I'd always imagined my life with a daughter in it. And I know that you in reverse, you know, you, your first was a girl and you always wanted a boy. And luckily you've, you've had two of each. So you've never sort of had that, wow, yeah, I might I've never, never get a son. Two boys, two girls. So it was always hard for me to relate to you on that topic because I couldn't feel it too. But I know that the sadness was so real that it had to be significant. That's yeah. really important. It was really weighing you down for a long time. Yeah, and look, it's I get those comments, you know, people say, I remember this this one woman, she had three daughters and she said to me, Oh, well, you know, a son is yours for life until he finds a wife. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to push her over. To say that to me, it actually fills me with anxiety and it just it breaks my heart. You know, I, I, you can keep your tutus and your tiaras. I don't care about any of the girly stuff. I My biggest fear is that I won't have that closeness with sons in later life that you potentially do have with a daughter when they have mm. kids and mm. they rely on their mum more and all that sort of stuff. So that's a real worry for me. I love having sons and I'm never disappointed in any way, in any shape that they are in my life. But I do worry that I'll never have a daughter and I'll never have that bond. So that's, that's how I can relate on that one. And on our socials on the Queen Sesh, we'd love to hear from you. Can you relate? Do you disagree? You know, we'd love to hear your thoughts respectfully towards each other, obviously. And, yeah, we'll hear what you think next. This is the Queen Sesh. We were talking about the very hot topic, 
gender disappointment and I shared that although I don't feel gender disappointment, I do have a level of sadness having two boys that I potentially will never experience that bond that you can have with a daughter. And we've asked on our socials at the Queen Sesh, where are your thoughts? Where do you guys sit with this? Now we've got some callers on the line. Hi Tash, thanks for coming on the show. How are you? No worries. Oh, pregnant. <laughs> <Over it. laughs> so talk to me, have you experienced gender disappointment? I have. Um, I'm currently pregnant with my first child and I was uh, desperately hoping for a boy and we ended up with a little girl. So, <laughs> uh, Okay, so I had the same thing. I wanted my first daughter to be a boy because I had such a strong relationship with my little brothers and then when yep. I found out she was a girl, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to do all this girly stuff and I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Is that what you're thinking? Is that what you're That's at? exactly right, yeah. So like I've got five weeks left. I'm like, I wonder if she'll magically grow your penis between now and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know some really amazing advice that this woman gave me? And she was a mum who was really similar to me and she had two girls and she said to me, Con, they're not necessarily going to be little girly girls that you, that are completely foreign to you that want to dance and read stories and plait hair. They, they're going to be like you, hopefully. And it was amazing. The minute that she was born, I just went, oh, my God, I wouldn't change you for a million bucks. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not going to love her any less. But of course you're not. I wasn't insinuating that. <laughs> Uh, and we've also, we've got Katie on the line. Hi, Katie. Hi, how you going? We're good, thanks. And where, where do you sit on the gender disappointment spectrum? Yeah, I've been battling with that myself um, just recently. Um, yeah. My partner, he is the eldest son and for generations, um, the eldest son has carried on a, a name um, and he's also the last one in his family to continue his surname. So I was kind of hoping that I could provide him with a, a young boy to, to continue the family tradition. But um, after having our third little girl, we're not having any more kids. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess so at the birth, as much as you're happy about yeah. it, there is a bit of disappointment. So would you, yeah. would you say that you're disappointed or you feel like you might have disappointed just your husband and his family? I think it's more, yeah, feeling like you let them down in, in a way, so, even though you sort of have no control over absolutely. it. It's quite a strange thing. Yeah, um, and I feel like yeah. that's a little bit unfair as well. I hope that they're making it very clear that you haven't let them down in one single little way. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they're they very happy. It's strange how you just put it on yourself. Um, yeah. And, and in the same respect, then you, you beat yourself up for feeling that way because you're so grateful for yeah. being given you know, a beautiful baby that's lovely yeah. and healthy. And yeah. Traditions were there to be broken in my eyes, babe. You're doing a amazing <laughs> job. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Yeah. And last caller, we've got Jessica on the line. Hey, Jessica. Hi. Where do you sit on this? I dare say I'd suffer from it myself personally. Um, I've got I've got two young boys, and after losing um, losing six babies before I got my boys, I really feel like I want a girl for a girl next, and and I don't want to have to go through pregnancy again after having such wow. a rough time with hyperemesis. If yeah. if it's going to turn out to be a boy. I find this really interesting because I find that a lot of people, when people publicly voice their, you know, gender disappointment, they get slammed with, you should be grateful to have a healthy baby anyway, yeah, which I think is so absolutely. absurd. And you're sort of living proof of that because you would be, no one's going to be more grateful than you after what you've gone oh, through. you've lost six Yeah, babies. look, a any child nature. that comes my way will, will be loved unconditionally. And, and I don't, I don't not love my boys because they weren't girls. I just, I feel like my life would be a little bit more complete with, with a little girl. Especially for the mums of, of boys 
boys. It's not, we don't love or value our little love kings any less, but we just, we're, we're sad that we're going to miss out on that bond that It's, it's that, you that can connection. Have with I, I honestly think a mother has a different kind of connection with, with a little girl, you know. It's always the girls that run to their mothers first. It's, it's not the boys that get much of a say. And, okay. and I, I feel like I'll miss out on that. And I, I hope and pray that my boys get partners that, that, that you get love with, me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's same. not guaranteed. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I, like yeah. my mother-in-law, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but can I just add that like that, I think that that's all sort of changing and every family is really unique. And my little boy is still, you know, he gets attachment anxiety away from me. He's so close to me. My mum my and me are close, but my sister and my mum aren't as close as my two brothers. They are still living in my mum's pocket, obsessed <laughs> with her. Like nothing is ever going to come between my that, my that's, so. that's all we can hope for, Jess. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's it. Look, I, I didn't have that relationship with my mother either. So I'm, there you I'm, go. I'm yeah, always wanted a little girl so that way I, I could have that bond and that relationship that I've seen so many other people have. Thank you so much, Thank Jess. Thank you so much, Jess. For coming on. No problem. I, I think, Con, what it boils down to, like, we all have different experiences and we all have different feelings about different things and no one person's experience is more valid than, than another. I think that it's really about respecting each other's experiences and never shaming someone for having a feeling about any experience, but just supporting each other and lifting each other up. Uh, and that's, I guess that's all we can do. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not real. Queen sesh. Our least favourite time of the week, Con, because we're nearly out of time. I know. But we like to finish the show each week with our Queen Vice, which is advice for Queens. And you can contact us anytime on our socials at the Queen Sesh. And this week, Kate has contacted us on Facebook. Welcome, Kate. Hi, Kate. Uh, hi, how are you going? Good, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. So what's been going on for you, Kate? What can we Queen Vice Well, I'm just offered some advice. I've got a little three and a half month old boy and I guess the biggest issue we're having is is that my partner is struggling with having alone time with him. So I don't Mm. get a chance to have any me time. Mm. That's a common struggle. What's your partner's problem with being alone with the baby? Uh, I think it's just confidence more than anything because mm. Bub's generally breastfed, but he'll take a bottle. Um, right. But, of course, whenever he gets upset, uh, she tends to get upset as well. So there's that lack of confidence that she can settle him and all that kind of thing. So Yeah, but looking after babies is one of those things where it's like a Band-Aid. You've just got to rip it off. She's just got to do it because otherwise you're going to go crazy. Are you not going Absolutely. crazy? Absolutely. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't be alone with my baby. I did it, but then, you know, like I, there was times where I just went, oh, my God, I'm going to lose it. I have to drop this baby off somewhere. And it's really hard because you, when you, like, ask friends and stuff, they're all like, oh, no one wants to look after a three-month-old baby. <laughs> Your partner's going to have to do this. Yeah, I think so. Particularly if that baby takes a bottle, it does not need you 24-7. I reckon you just leave one one Sunday planet, obviously after listening to the Queen Sesh, and then just have <laughs> bottles lined up with some notes, instructions, and then you go. You go to the movies. And turn you your go, phone off. Turn your phone off because <laughs> if, there's, if there's milk, the baby will survive. And just get out of the house. Whatever you like doing, whether it's going and sitting in a chic wine bar, having a glass of wine, catching up with girlfriends, you need me time or you'll go insane and your partner's just going to have to cop it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
sounds like a plan. Oh, well, I, I hope that helped. And I, and I hope that you do it as well because you deserve me time. Can you Absolutely. send us a photo of you at a chic bar with a glass Please. of wine? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Kate. Uh, that's all we have time for. Uh, we'll be back from 7am next Sunday. You can hit us up on our socials at The Queen Sesh anytime. And you can catch up on our podcast. Have a great week, guys. Thank you. Bye. This is The Queen Sesh.